Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Sometimes what seems innocent enough may not be. Today, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, examines the possibility that the United States government has a motive behind its inoculation program that has very little to do with health. Lincoln, what are we talking about? Well, the way you phrase that, it sounds like one of those conspiracy with a capital C, conspiracy theories. (laughs) We've got to be careful. (laughs) But I think it's a good discussion because more and more people are trying to opt out of this. And even if they don't opt out, if you go to the Internet, there's just thousands and thousands of websites with people giving all sorts of horrific stories that may not be proving what they say, but they're interesting stories against uh, inoculation. And then all sorts of conspiracy theories about what's really going on. And uh, it can't be ignored. I think it's worth discussing here. You know, when I was a young person, there were a lot of stories and some horrible tragedies with the Jehovah's Witnesses refusing to allow their children to have uh, transfusions, and often the young people died. And this was all because of their religious faith, they said. But as an onlooker, it was hard to see a child die when uh, they could have clearly survived by some reasonable, routine medical treatment. And uh, many people see the inoculation thing in the same vein. But the big question that you raised is, is this really so? When we look at the situation, uh, it, I, I try to have an open mind at all these things, but I know that our government is capable in the past of manipulating information and procedures to bring out a very different end than we thought they were going to. Do you think that's what's happening here? I don't know whether it's happening, but that's not only possible, it's proven. Hmm. One thing that not this government, but what a, uh, an international body did for many years. The UN was still is charged with public health programs all over the world. Right, right. And for many years, they were running programs to help young mothers with female issues and things like that all over the world, but usually in poorer communities. And in particular, I remember, I think it was India, where there was a massive program. And it turned out many years later that under the guise of, I think it was inoculations, but certainly treatment, they were actually sterilizing the women. And it was not by accident. It was a a coordinated plan to deal with poverty by sterilization, to cut back on the number of people who were a burden on this growing society. And they didn't tell these women. So there are reasons, historical antecedents and reasons, not to just buy whatever... A large body, whether it's a group like the UN or even a national government, they may have another agenda. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to directly harm you, but they may have, as in this case, decided that there's a risk equation that they're working with. And perhaps what they're accomplishing may not be what they say, but it may be a cost cut or a, you know, a rationalizing of population problems for a country. We know Clearly now, in fact, it comes out almost by the day, prior to World War II, 
how the uh, in the U.S. most medical facilities, psychiatric institutions, and so on, were freely indulging in all sorts of grotesque experiments on mostly minorities slash blacks, where there were sterilizations, lobotomizations, even some mercy killings, so-called mercy killings. A lot of things that was really basically a eugenics program, but it didn't present itself quite as that. It was under the guise of treating people for legitimate ailments, but they were not being treated. They were actually being killed, experimented on. The only thing that stopped that, Lincoln, was time and information. Do we have enough time and information now to address the inoculation issue? Maybe not time, but I I think it's very good that there's public discussion. You know, one thing that people need to understand, and, and this is long since proven, you can't hedge this too much, that with the onset of broad-scale inoculation, a lot of the even more simple infectious diseases that in the past killed millions and millions of people, those have diminished. Yes, yes. In fact, in some cases, almost gone away totally, become classically unknown. But is that only because of inoculation? That's sort of the lingering question. We know a lot of these infectious diseases... I mean, let's just take the plague. Not that there's an inoculation on that. But the plague flourished because of bad, dirty living conditions, uncleanliness. Same with leprosy. Well, easy way to solve that. And and they're interconnected with a lot of diseases. Typhoid, I think, also Mm -hmm. spreads very quickly by an infected person not washing their hands and so on. I can remember in Australia there was a mini scare because someone was working in a restaurant and was touching the food and Within days, hundreds of people came down with it. So uh, we, we found that modern attitudes toward cleanliness, understanding of germs, have probably done as much to cut these broad-scale infectious diseases as injections. The problem with injections is, it's worth mentioning here, it's not primarily a religious one. Jehovah's Witnesses have a position based on the blood, not taking blood products into your body. But no other religion directly objects to this, other than a few made-up religions. I looked up and there's the, uh, let me see where I listed it, the Congregation of Universal Wisdom, oh my. founded okay. by Walter Schilling, a chiropractor. They object to it, but you know, they've only got 11,600 members, so not that they should be dismissed as human beings, but this is hardly a great religious movement. But many people have philosophical objections and, and technical worries. And and remember, on religious liberty, it doesn't have to be formal religion. It has to be a conscience stand as far as the law. Mm-hmm. If you're conscience-bound to object to something, that should be at least respected. And I think we're rapidly coming to a point with injections, with, with immunizations and so on, that there's enough troubling information that, that while it might be too early just to say nobody needs to have inoculation, We need to listen to the people that have objections and perhaps ask for studies. I think there's believable evidence that some cases of autism have been either precipitated or aggravated by uh, injections or or immunizations. There's some reason to fear that nefarious regimes have plans to use uh, inoculations to uh, even poison large numbers of people. Certainly, if the government said tomorrow everybody has to line up you know, under, under severe pain of law and take this injection, uh, that's a very dangerous dynamic where, where an unthinking, unknowing 
community would subject themselves to something like that when you don't really know what's being put into your body. Lincoln, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to insert a little bit of myself into this program. And when I am not talking to you on the air about religious liberty issues, I am the host of several health programs. And I talk to health professionals around the world concerning a lot of the topics that we're talking about on this show from time to time. One of them is this topic. And what I've discovered, and I'll share it simply as a piece of information that our listeners can take with them and, and use or, or back up or support, whatever they want to do with it. The professionals I've talked to, the medical professionals I've talked to, say that the problem with inoculating children is not necessarily the individual inoculations. It's when they're used in concert, when there is a cocktail of inoculations. It's overwhelming young immune systems. Exactly, and they're too young. The, the kids are too young to deal with it. Very few studies have been done on the cumulative effect. Right, so there we seem to have the answer to at least uh, the, the beginning of the end of this thing is, you know, don't do it so young and don't do things in concert. Do, do things one at a time over time when the kids are older. That seems to work best, they've been telling me anyway. But there's two levels to this, and I was sort of dancing between the two. <laughs> There's a medical protocol argument, and, and that's a matter, of, like you say, of, of not too much, and like all drugs and so on. You right. know, and there's always a, a blowback from anything. And a great deal of the uh, inoculations are giving you the, uh, the virus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> On exactly. the theory that a microdose of the virus, live or dead, will, will stimulate your body to build up an immunity for next time it gets hit by the real, you know, the full-blown thing. Right. But it's still uh, shaking your system. So, that, you know, that's a reasonable argument. But I, I'm trying to look at the moral argument or the moral hazard that this thing applies. And it's very problematic when things are required. Yes. When you're forcing people to do something, even if it's good. You know, we, we talk about that on religious liberty. Certain religious practices... Certainly the ones that I, you and I practice, we think they're great. Yes. But yes. from the religious liberty point of view, you can't compel everyone to act the same way or believe the same way. You That's just true. can't. It's That's antithetical true. to religious freedom. That's true. And, and I think it's, it's on the road to being antithetical to civil freedom of the individual to require under certain civil penalties that they go along with this sort of thing. Now, to be fair, most states have some sort of exemption particularly for parents who have a, an objection to their children. Somewhere I read that all states have a, a form of, you know, opt-out, and another place it was 20. I think what it is, it varies. Mm -hmm. All of them have some degree, but uh, in about 20 states, you know, you really can't be forced into it. But uh, there's no question that uh, in the past, governmental bodies have played fun and games and, and deception on populations that sort of lined up unthinkingly for injections, and of course, the figure that will always come to mind for me was with the uh, uh, the Jewish citizens of Germany and, and surrounding countries that were lined up and told they had to be deloused and all the rest, and, and that was the last they, they were heard of. You know, now I'm going to step into the alternate universe, but it is problematic to me, even on these processing centers that have been spotted all over the U.S., that they have facilities for processing people with showers and all the rest. What are they doing to people? Treating them like cattle at the very least, and even that level I object to it. Yes. 
I think what we need to encourage people to, because it connects with religious liberty, you don't unthinkingly give yourself over to another person's control. Mm, there is the take-home message for today right there, Lincoln, and I appreciate you delivering that to us. www.libertymagazine.org is the website. You can listen to these programs. You can read Lincoln Steed's blogs. You can read the articles that are in uh, Liberty Magazine, and they get there right away. As soon as they go to the newsstand, they also go to the website, so you can enjoy those there. No charge. But, of course, if you want to, you can subscribe to the magazine, and we hope you do. And you'll subscribe also for people in your community that may need to hear the kind of things we talk about on this program. That's all at libertymagazine.org. Lincoln Steed, editor, thank you so much for being with us today. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.